Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host Brandon Yates and today I am joined by my co-hosts Yang Guang and Tian Yu and today we will be discussing the 2023 NBA Finals which the Denver Nuggets now lead over the Miami Heat. And Yang Guang, I'll start with you. Of course, you know, it's been a pretty exciting NBA Finals so far. The Denver Nuggets have the opportunity to win their first NBA Finals in the franchise history. And I, I suppose the Miami Heat are quite a surprise package getting through to the um, the NBA Finals. I don't think anyone saw them getting through to this stage, even once we got to the playoff series or even in, in the play-in series. But just at this point, what do you make of the final series so far? And do you think Miami are still a major underdog as you know people expected before the finals even started? Well, certainly Miami has surprised many with with their game two performances, becoming the first team in this playoffs to beat Denver at its high altitude home court. This is a very unique team with so many undrafted grassroots players shining. Um, it's a team consisting of a bunch of players unwanted elsewhere in the league. Well, at first I thought it's Jimmy Butler who was carrying the team single-handedly on his shoulder and moved forward. Talking about Butler, there's a picture I saw online. Uh, there's a student wearing Jimmy Butler's jersey to attend China's National College entrance examination, uh, the exam that is um, considered the most important in one's lifetime in China. Um, his parents said that their children chose to pick Butler's jersey because he wants to be as brave as the Miami star who brings him courage. Uh, I guess that's just how people deem Butler now, a hardworking, mentally strong player, perfect leader as the, for this resilient Miami Heat. But uh, what's also very interesting about the Heat is that it's its meantime teammate with collective efforts by everyone on the court and on the bench, plus uh, the wisdom of the head coach Eric Spostra. They are also what brought them here in the finals. They reached the finals for a reason. But I have to say the Denver Nuggets are now a brick wall for them. The Nuggets are just so difficult to break. It's it's like Spolstra has every strategy to cope with each issue they face against the Denver, but he cannot cope with them all simultaneously. Nikola Jokic has made this team so flexible in offense and so unpredictable. Uh, you keep Jamal Murray quiet and Aaron Gordon stands out. You addresses the Gordon problem, then Michael Porter Jr. suddenly steps up and hits you. And all this occurs because of Jokic, the commander of the whole team. If all his teammates are off, he can get the job done by himself. So this final series in lineup terms, it may not be the most star-studied finals. Um, the biggest names nowadays in the NBA are missing, but it doesn't impact the excitement of the games. Uh, the two teams are battling a seesaw series. Whenever the Nuggets extend the lead, the Heat manage to close the gap with their hard work and great execution and on the tactics level it's definitely a final series worth watching because it's representing the latest trend of the NBA styles of play. Yeah it's fascinating to hear that you know the likes of the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler's influence has you know spread so far to the to the point where um, you know someone was wearing the the Butler jersey in their you know their entrance exams 
And that's fantastic to hear. I think, you know, Miami Heat and, you know, the likes of head coach um, Eric Spolstra, there's definitely something, you know, uh, they've been discussing it in the past weeks where they've talked about a culture that exists within the Miami Heat, you know, of just hard work, determination, you know, not necessarily always being the most star-studded team. I mean, look, they have had the likes of LeBron James in the past, but I think a lot of their success has been down to just their determination, hard work, their intensity, and they always just seem to give it their all, um, you know, which is, is something that's brought them a lot of success. And I think it's something that's keeping them in the series. But I think when you're coming up against the likes of Nikola Jokic and the Denver shooters, it's just something incredibly difficult to stop. Like you said, you know, if if all of the focus goes on to Nikola Jokic, then a couple of uh, shooters, you know, at the Denver Nuggets that have been so successful throughout the entire season of the NBA, um, you know, they just have the opportunity to do so much damage. Whereas if you give him, you know, more space and try and, you know, put all, all of the emphasis on on stopping, you know, some of those deadly shooters from the uh, the Denver Nuggets, then Nikola Jokic just has the opportunity to you know, kind of go on and score, you know, 40 plus points or just, you know, dominate the game on so many ends, you know, also just defensively with rebounds and that kind of thing. Um, Tian, you from your side, do you also think that, um, you know, Miami are still, you know, the biggest underdogs at this point in time? And what have you, you know, made of the, um, the final series so far? Yeah, I think after watching the three games of this final series, a lot of people have changed changed their minds on Miami Heat. It it is such a magical team. After game two, Miami has made some history. They ended Denver's seven game postseason winning streak and also made Denver fail at home for the first time in sixty six days. And they have also become the team that have won the most games in NBA's postseason as an eighth seed. And now after Game 3, even though they lost it with a quite close margin, I think this Heat still deserves our respect. Just like what Jimmy Butler said in the interview, the team just doesn't care if everyone sees them as the underdog. They just keep committed to their own play. Just got to make them, you know, continually hit the open guy, stay aggressive, and um, continue to lead the way for our guys. They definitely follow my lead, I will, I will say that. They follow Bam lead as well, but especially me. So if I'm level-headed through the good and through the bad, they will be as well. And so I'm going to smile. We'll go home and play some spades. I don't care what nobody say. Everything will be okay. And one thing really amazing about this team is that they actually went from being the NBA's 27th-ranked team in three-point shooting in the regular season to the top team in the playoffs at over 39%. So yeah, three three point shooting has definitely played a pivotal role in their victory. And after briefly getting lost in game one, they quickly regained their form and threatened their opponents with accurate shooting. Even even in game three, they seemed to have lost their marks for some time, but they still managed to make a rally in the fourth quarter. And I guess this is not only about their three pointers, it's more about their tireless running on the offense to create open shots. They're just playing in a very organized way, with more discipline and control over, over the tempo of the game. They can be quick in fast breaks and also be steady and play give and go when the defensive players are in place. And they manage to mend some of their deficits in body compared with Nuggets players, 
with longer distance of running and more agility. And I guess all their playing,、uh, clever playing strategy is largely owing to their head coach Eric Spoelstra, the seasoned head coach who made targeted tactics to defend Denver's shooters and especially their star player Nikola Jokic. In game two, he chose to start Kevin Love. The 34-year-old used his rich experience in NBA Finals to gain over 18 points. I think the team simply has the coaching edge in this series. The adjustments of Spoelstra always came before Denver's manager Michael Malone. But as for Malone, he still has plenty of room for maneuver, as he simply had so many star players at his disposal. In Game Three, the Denver players have increased. The accuracy of their passings and they are being more aggressive in the defense. And as always, Jokic is still the man to count. He is the first player in NBA history to record 30 plus points, 20 plus rebounds, and 10 plus assists in Game Three in the Finals game. So yeah, the Heat has definitely showed us that they did stand a chance to win in the Finals. But to conquer a monster like Denver Nuggets and Jokic, they still need to reconsider their strategy when shooting accuracy is not on their side. Yeah, I think at this point in time,、um, you know, Nikola Jokic and the Denver shooters are just looking like an incredible force, and you know, it's very difficult to, well, for Miami to make a decision on how to go about defensively against the Denver Nuggets, and I think we saw that in Game Three. They just have so many options available to them, and I think it all、uh, revolves around Nikola Jokic. And look, I think Miami definitely needs to be lauded for the incredible efforts that that that, that they've been putting and. Putting in their intensity, and、um, I think in game two we saw that if Denver don't match that intensity, even if they've got the likes of Jokic and you know Jamal Murray and people like that,、um, you know just that effort that Miami brings can cost them a game.、Um, but then in game three we saw that look when they're firing on all cylinders and match the intensity of Miami, it just seems like Miami run out of answers,、um, particularly defensively against、um, the Denver Nuggets and Yang Guang. Of course, you know we've mentioned. Already, you know, just Nikola Jokic and the Denver shooters, and I mean, I guess you know, well, Denver won Game Three, but you know, just over the past three games, would you say Miami have been relatively successful in stopping Nikola Jokic and the Denver shooters, or do you think that they need to do more、um, to keep you know the NBA Finals alive for themselves? Well, I would not say they are successful in stopping Jokic' personal attacks because. He can still score at his will.、Um, in game two, he notched 40 points, and he's averaging 30 plus points in this series. And no one seemed to be able to stop him. But what Miami has done quite well, perhaps the best among all Denver opponents in these playoffs, is that they managed to cut the connections between Jokic and the Nuggets shooters. In game two and for parts of game three,、um, it looks like there's a consensus now. That Jokic's personal points are not feared, but the points he created for his teammates are what causes more damage. Jokic scored 50 points in Game Four in the Western Semi-Series against the Suns, but the Nuggets still lost that game. So, in this sense, Miami has done quite well in separating Jokic and the rest of the Nuggets team,、uh, which enables the suspension of the series still kept. Another thing Miami has done extremely well, and I would, I would say the best among all playoff teams, is that they get back in defense very quickly, so quickly, 
they seldom allow the Nuggets to finish faster breaks or easy transitions. Jokic is known for his backcourt throw forward to find his open teammates in front. This happens regularly in the regular season, but I didn't see one of those signature passes in this series. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, I think um, what what I, what you said there, I really agree with the fact that you know that you know Miami. I'm sure they're concerned about it, but it doesn't seem to be their biggest concern is the scoring ability of Nikola Jokic. You know, like you said, he went on to score 40 plus points in Game Two, but it seems to be like the biggest concern is just his incredible ability to bring in other players to um, allow them to score points. It's just you know, there's just so many decisions that need to be made around him, and it's so difficult to decide, you know, where he is most impactful. I mean, 40 points in an NBA Finals game is incredibly big, and like you said, he's averaging 30-plus points. But then again, at the same time, you know, his his rebounding ability, you know, his ability to bring in other players, it's just phenomenal. And it seems like, I don't know if it would be like this for any other team that he could potentially play for in the in the future, but the, the Denver Nuggets, definitely everything... Defend, you know, defensively and on offense, just runs completely around Nikola Jokic, and I think Miami definitely need to, you know, somehow even up their in- intensity or you know just figure out a way to to stop the incredible influence that Nikola Jokic has on games. Tianyu, would you agree with um, uh, Yang Guang's assessment that Miami have not been successful in stopping Nikola Jokic and you know uh, the Denver shooters as well? Yeah, I totally agree with what Yang Guang said. In Game 2, I think Miami did a pretty good job in limiting the connection between Nikola Jokic and his teammates. Jokic scored 41 points, but only had 4 assists to 5 turnovers, something not very common for one of the league's best passers. And that was the results of the effective communication, frequent position changing, tight one-on-one marks, and zone defense from the heat side. But the truth is that you can never completely block off the strong offense from the Nugget side. The Jokic-Mari pair have both contributed triple-doubles in Game 3. Both of them seem to have found their tempo for the game, and when their teammates are also running more actively to create open spaces and uh, finding room for make combinations, that's why we could clearly see that Jokic is playing more comfortably in the game three. He's playing with more ease, and as he already knows how to use his body advantage, his height seems to be a very strong weapon against Miami defense players who are generally shorter than him. So yeah, Jokic seems to be unstoppable for the whole season and it's a pretty hard job to block him thoroughly as he's simply too complete with so many weapons. And look at the Denver players, the likes of Jamo Murray, Brown and Aaron Gordon. These versatile players can provide their head coach with a rich variety of tactics and possibilities. So I think it's really difficult to successfully curb the attacking power of such a strong squad and maybe Miami and Spostra need to figure out a way to gain more points from the defense line of Denver when you can't rely solely on three-pointers or Jimmy Butler's breakthroughs. Yang Guang, we've already mentioned one or two players but just from your side at this point in time which players have impressed you the most at this stage of the NBA finals and why? Well, for the Nuggets, it must be Jokic. He's the pillar of this team, and White Nuggets can 
get this far. And in game three, it's just a phenomenal. Jamal Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic both secured triple-double. Listen to what they said about each other after that game. I think it's pretty simple. Um, but he's playing he's playing phenomenal I think uh, the whole the whole playoff and uh, he's we're just following him like I said and he's really good leader his energy is amazing and we are just following it's not just us it's a team and uh, like I said before even the series started Denver Nuggets need to beat uh, Miami not uh, me or Jamal beat whoever is on the other side we as a group need to beat them it's just he just makes the game look easy throughout the game and Like I said, just free throw, his touch, his creativity, his no-look passes, uh, his IQ is just reading the game and, and, and trust that the others are going to make the right play. You know, if he throws it to me, he ex he knows and expects what to see from me, and he knows the mood I'm in, the intensity I'm playing with, whether it's low or high, um, time and score, and uh, and vice versa. For the Heat side, I would say um, there's no single particular player that stands out. So it seems like there are different players stepping up at different time. In game one, Adebayo scored the points that he needed to keep pace with the Nuggets until the fourth quarter. Uh, in the opening period of game two, it's Struess making numerous threes to make a flying start for Miami. Uh, and in the ending part of game two, it's Duncan Robinson leading the comeback. Uh, in game three, Butler kept the output. I guess it's It's the symbol of this Miami team. Everyone is the main character and can take the baton when he's needed. Yeah, I think at this point in time, there's no doubt that um, Nikola Jokic has just been the out-and-out standout. Um, you know, he really just seems to be someone that's brought so many unique talents to the NBA, you know, on um, both sides of the court and um, has brought this Denver side all the way to the NBA Finals. Look, he's not the only standout player. Like, he's, you know, we've already mentioned one or two other players, but um, it just seems like everything revolves around him, and he truly is just a phenomenal talent and has, you know, had such an impact on the game. I think he's, I can, I can actually confidently say that he's changed the game. You know, the fact that people aren't necessarily concerned about his scoring ability, which can exceed 40 points in an NBA Finals game, but they're more worried about, you know, his ability to assist players around him. I can't really think of too many players in the last decade that have been um, that impactful individually in terms of not scoring points, but actually creating um, opportunities for others. So, yeah, just an unbelievable talent. Tianyu, would you agree? Nikola Jokic, the out-and-out standout, or are there any others that have caught your eye? Yeah, uh, the Denver star Jokic is definitely the most outstanding throughout this this series. But on the Heat side, like Yang Guang said, every one of the team is very pivotal and just plays a key role in their games. But I would still say Jimmy Butler is definitely the MVP of the whole postseason series for Heat. He's one of the major reasons why Miami Heat can end up in the finals. His toughness, intensity, and will to win have been outstanding throughout this playoffs. In Game 2 of the Finals, with the Nuggets coming back from a deficit in the third quarter and less than seven minutes remaining, Butler drilled a triple. And two positions later, a jumper and a free throw pushed Miami's advantage back to seven at 98-91. And when Denver closed their gap within six points at... Uh, 107-101, Butler got a switch off a screen and buried a jumper over Jokic to silence the crowd with two minutes on the clock. So whether 
Miami can win this finals or not, I think we can all remember his name now. This man is the hero for his team throughout the whole series. And also, you can't forget about Bam Adebayo, who was the biggest reason Miami could win at Denver's home court in Game Two. His offense is very remarkable, especially when considering that he's guarding the two-time MVP on the other side of this matchup. Yeah, I must say personally, Bam Adebayo is one of my favorite players. I'm、um, just overall in the NBA.、Um, he reminds me of my of myself when I used to play at high school. I mean, you know, obviously ten <laughs> times less talent, but、um, just that defensive effort and you know the ability to transition into attack as well. It's really fantastic to watch, and I think that, yeah, I mean, he's got an incredible job ahead of him. You know, with you know marking the likes of Nikola Jokic and you know some of the other deadly shooters in the in the Nuggets side, and I think that he also needs to step up his game as we go into Game Four and beyond. But、um, yeah, and Jimmy Butler as well. I think he's been the hero for Miami. He had a has had a huge impact in bringing them all the way to this year's NBA Finals. And、um, I think, like you said, if 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 Miami lose or even have a chance of winning this NBA Finals, I think a lot of it will have to do with the efforts and success of Jimmy Butler. But you know, as as well as the likes of Bam Adebayo and a couple of other players. Yang Guang,、um, you know, some in the media have said that you know, without superstars like Steph Curry or LeBron James,、um, the NBA Finals has the, some of the lowest ratings,、um, you know, in television in years. Would you agree that the finals between the two teams are less entertaining, or would you say that you know it's more important to you know watch what's going on on the court and you know the actual games themselves, which you know have obviously been pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, it seems like the ratings are not looking good. The average audience number each game for the final series is just above seven point five million, well below last year's ten million, when Steph Curry led Warriors beat the Celtics.、Uh, look, the twenty twenty NBA Finals in the bubble、uh, amid the pandemic had six million. So yeah, this this year the absence of star players and the big franchises took some toll on the ratings, but. But it doesn't really mean the games are not fun to watch.、Um, look, the only reason the ratings are somehow affected is that Denver and Miami are both small franchises or small markets. They don't have huge investments to bring in the likes of Durant, James, or Kyrie Irving. What they do is patiently build up the team with a lot of role players and through careful plan in draft picks, then create their own. Team culture and basketball style、um, play to the utmost of the what they got. So both teams have very inspirational story as the years of their hard work has paid off. I still remember what Nuggets team reporter said after the series win against the Phoenix Suns. He said, "This series was about a team versus a bunch of individuals. One franchise built through the drafts, stayed patient, grew with its core, and didn't skip any steps." The other,、um, the Phoenix Suns, try to shortcut their path with the big three. I think it's the beauty of these small franchises when they reach the peak and look back at every solid step they've taken. This sense of accomplishment is just incomparable. Yeah, I think、um, you know. I must say, you know, even though the viewership has gone down, I think that the action on court has been pretty, pretty incredible, and just seeing the efforts of both sides,、um, it's been very exciting to watch. So yeah, even though you know we aren't seeing you know some massive superstars that have you know global recognition, I think we're seeing some of the emergence of new superstars, and I think Nikola Jokic 
is definitely one of those names along with the likes of Jimmy Butler and a few others. And I think that um, it's been an interesting contrast of styles and, you know, levels of success that we've been watching in the NBA Finals so far. And I think that the action has definitely been very, very entertaining indeed. Quickly, before we finish, Tianyu, who's going to be crowned NBA champs? Well, after Game 2, many would still bet on Jimmy Butler and Miami to raise the trophy. But after Denver took a relative easy win in Miami, I think the situation here is very clear now. The Nuggets are simply stronger. But personally, I still want to see the Heat can come back again and complete their 8th seed miracle because nothing can be more exciting than seeing an underdog upsetting a strong opponent and finally getting crowned. Absolutely. Yang Wang, who's going to win? Nuggets in six. I believe. Yeah, I I think I I would agree with that assessment. And that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic. And we will see you then. Thank you.